this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast. I'm continuing to read the insights I found while seeking to understand what the scriptures say the true church of God should look like. All this information comes from my free ebook titled The True Church of God, and it can be downloaded freely at the freegiftfromgod.com website. So let me continue reading, and I hope you find something of value in the insights that the Lord has given to me. In this session, I want to talk more about the financing of the church. In the previous session, I spoke about the practice of tithing in many of the modern Christian churches and how it is completely at odds with what the New Covenant teaches. Furthermore, we found that tithing is not a practice that should even be part of the New Covenant church, as tithing is of the law, or Old Covenant, and Jesus came to set us free from the law. And we found also that the form of tithing used in the church bears no resemblance to the Scriptures, but is a twisted and false doctrine. However, There is a need for financing various aspects of the church today. There are things the church needs to pay for in order to operate efficiently, and especially as the church grows to a point where they need to step outside of a home church and hire venues to meet together as a church. We learn from the New Testament that the method by which the church should be financed is through free will giving. The members of the church can freely give of their time, resources, skills or finances to support the work of the church. Not everyone needs to give money, especially if they are not financially in a position to do so, but they can still support the church with their time and presence to help the ministries of the church. However, there will be times when the church needs money to effectively operate. They may need to hire venues, buy equipment, purchase items for the running of the church, and so on. The Bible instructs us that such things can be met through the members giving freely to the church to support the ministries of the church. The first scripture to consider is this. Each one must do as he has made up his mind, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. The first principle of giving to support the church is that it is not a requirement under a law. And besides, Christ has set us free from the law. It is not compulsory, and it is not an exaction or a tax on the members of the church. Instead, a person who gives to the church should do so joyfully and cheerfully, knowing that they are helping in the Lord's work. How much should a person give? There is no fixed amount or formula for giving. How much a person chooses to give is determined by themselves and their circumstances. As the scripture that I read just a moment ago says, each person should give according to what they have made up their mind to give. It may be a regular gift or it may be a once-off gift to the church, and there are examples of both of these situations occurring in the early church. Here's an example of a one-off gift. There was not a needy person among them, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what was sold and laid it at the apostles' feet, and distribution was made to each as any had need. Thus, Joseph, who was surnamed by the apostles Barnabas, which means son of encouragement, a Levite, a native of Cyprus, sold a field which belonged to him and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Acts chapter 4, verses 34 to 37. This verse shows us that many of the people in the early church had properties and assets surplus to their needs. So they sold them and brought the proceeds of the sale to the leaders of the church, offering the monies received to the work of the Lord. Each of these gifts and offerings were one-off, because once the property was sold, it could not be sold again. But then later on, we see one of the Gentile churches 
laying aside money and offerings on a regular basis to provide for the church in Judea during a long period of drought. It says this. Now concerning the contribution for the saints, as I directed the church of Galatia, so you also are to do. On the first day of every week, each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper, so that contributions need not be made when I come. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 and 2. Paul encouraged the people of the Corinthians church to put aside something each week so that it would not be a big burden when those who were coming to collect the promised offering arrived. This is the point of a free will offering. It should never be a burden because if it is a burden, it is not being given cheerfully and willingly. You also should note from this scripture, the amount they were to put aside each week was not a prescribed amount. They were instructed just to put something aside depending on how they prospered that week, but ensuring they had sufficient to live on. We see also that whatever a person is capable of giving is acceptable and is accepted in this verse. And in this manner I give my advice. It is best for you now to complete what a year ago you began not only to do, but to desire, so that your readiness in desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a man has, not according to what he has not. I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but that as a matter of equality, your abundance at the present time should supply their want, so that their abundance may supply your want, that there may be equality. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 10 to 14. Paul is showing us that if the readiness to give is there, then it is acceptable even if it cannot be completed because something goes wrong. You cannot prepare for every eventuality, and sometimes things arise that we cannot be aware of at the time a commitment is made. The Lord does not expect us to be burdened because life happens. He does not expect us to still give when our means have diminished. For example, we may have pledged to give a certain amount, and then we lose our job or disaster strikes. We might lose our home or sickness strikes us down. We might have children or aged parents that fall ill and need extra support. There are many things that might happen preventing us from completing our pledge. The Lord does not expect us to be financially burdened if such things occur. If we truly intended to give what we pledged but for some reason cannot, that's okay. We are accepted for what we are able to do not what we cannot do. Not everyone has the same means or opportunities to give. A single mother with several children living close to the poverty line does not have the same ability to give as a double-income couple with no children and no debts. In fact, the single mother may be a net recipient of aid from the church rather than the one who gives, and that's okay too. We are called to help our brethren in the church, especially those who are in need. So the method of financing the church is not by exactions and definitely not by tithing, which has no place in the New Testament church. The church is to be financed by the process of free will giving to cover the things the church needs and to do the work of the church. And when it is operating effectively, the Lord will provide what is necessary to ensure his church can and will operate without the need for dragging money out of people. So that's all I have for this week. I hope you found it interesting and I hope you'll join me again next week as I continue looking at these aspects of the true church of God. All of the information I'm covering here is contained in a free ebook titled The True Church of God that can be downloaded from the freegiftfromgod.com website.
So until next week, this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast signing off and hoping you have a blessed week ahead. God bless you.